But what skills do we need when the sh** hits the fan? You've never watched your children really be hungry. Watching your children starve to death. I'm like, you'll go beat your neighbor to death with a brick if he's got a can of corn. If my neighbors aren't as well armed and they've got something, I am not beyond going to get it if it well, means th my and surviving and not. You have to form a community, a tribe. But at what yep. point does that happen? I may not be the biggest dog, but I'm going to be the meanest one, and I'm going to do what I have to do to survive. I'm Brett Johnson, former United States Most Wanted cyber criminal, now good guy, and host of The Brett Johnson Show. Hey, guess what? If you've not noticed, we have revamped the show. We've split things off. We've got a criminal thought show. We've got The Brett Johnson Show. The Brett Johnson Show is basically whatever interests Brett Johnson, and hopefully it interests you as well. We're going to have some solo shows. We're going to have some interviews and talk about topics of the day, things that, that might relate might relate to being a better person overall. Today, we're going to also debut a brand new segment. What I'd like to talk about today, before we actually begin the show, I'd like to talk about becoming a better person about changing the things in your life that you may not like. And the way I do that is I look back at my life. For example, everyone knows, or you should know, I served many years in prison. And I often blamed my being in prison on everyone else but myself. You know, law enforcement did it to me. I did it. I committed crime because I had to support my wife, my family, my stripper girlfriend. It took me a few years behind the fence to realize that, no, I committed crime because I chose to do it. I took that responsibility, but it was a long, hard process to get to where I, I accepted accountability and knew that the reason that I had the life that I had was no one else but me. It was my choices that caused that. So that's what, what I wanted to mention today. You know, we live in a society that gives everyone any reason at all to not accept responsibility for their lives. And I just wanted to point out that, hey, if, I don't care what lot you have in life. If you don't like who you are, if you don't like the life that you've got, it's not your mom and dad's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not law enforcement's fault. It's not the economy. It's not anything else. It's your choices. And you can change that. But you have to take responsibility for your life. You have to understand that, hey, everything that that has resulted in where I am today is my choice. And I can choose not to do that. So responsibility, accountability, taking that. It's it's a long, hard pill to swallow. It is. And it's a long, hard road to get to where you're able to swallow that pill. But I got to tell you, it's absolutely worth it. Because when you when you accept that responsibility, when you understand that you are the master of your fate, at that point, you're able to make the decision to change it, to do something different. And I just wanted to mention that. Now, that being said, we're going to close out this segment. We're going to get ready for our first guest. And I want to thank you guys for taking the time to tune in to The Brett Johnson Show. 
On today's show, Chris Weatherman, better known as the Angry American. He's a father of four. He's an author of 12 books and he's an expert prepper. Chris Weatherman, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Brett Johnson show. Yeah, guys, thanks for inviting me. But one little correction, kind of three and a half kids. I Three of my own, and then we finished raising somebody else's who couldn't do the job. So so three and a half is what I like to say. Well, okay, three but and a half. thanks for having me, guys. All girls, all girls. All girls. So, so, so how hard yeah. is it to raise three and a half girls? Honestly, for me, it wasn't as bad as, as most people kind of make it out to be. Uh, I got all of them to adulthood with no pregnancies, drug issues, uh, problems. Uh, they They... To me, it seems rather simple, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, they did good. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got. Since you said three and a half girls, I have two and a half sons. Uh, my wife, yeah. when I met her, she had, uh, she had three boys. The oldest was already in the military when I met her, so I, I, I don't claim him, but I kind of halfway claim him. So I'll say two yeah. and a half boys. The other two, I've, I pretty there much raised. They're outstanding human beings, and I, I'm damn proud of them. And I, I don't get how some parents in our society, the children end up on drugs, crime, what have you. I, I don't get that. It's well, to- in, a, in, in many cases, it's not even their fault. It's, it's, the, it's the system that they're forced to exist inside of perpetuates the separation of the children from the parents right. so that the state can then raise them, which is what they want. They, you know, Hillary Clinton said, it takes a family. No, it don't. It right. takes a family. It takes, it takes a family. But it's, it takes a family. it's, you know, the way the system is designed, I'm sure we'll get into some of that in a little bit here. But Oh, but I'm yeah, sure I, we will. <laughs> I've got some theories on, on exactly kind of what's going on and why. Um, okay. It seems fairly obvious to me what's going on. So, right. But uh, looking forward to looking forward to this. And so, again, thanks, thanks for having me. Awesome. No, absolutely. So. And and one of the things that uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, I've been wanting to have you on for a while, but just two days ago, USA Today, they had an article about how more and more Americans are adopting the survivalist slash prepper mentality. And mm-hmm. honestly, dude, I can't think of anyone better than you to talk to about that. So thank you. Oh, I've been doing it for a long time. I've been I started off in like primitive survival skills, you know, smashing rocks together, rubbing sticks uh, over 30 years ago. Thirty um, years, and, and that's evolved into yeah, and that's evolved into what I call now modern survival. Okay, so um, so let me ask you, which so is what I practice? You, you've been doing it for thirty years, and I, I was telling the production team before we before you came on that the first the first inclination that I had of survivalist or prepping was an old Robin Williams movie called Survivor. I think that was the name of it. It had Robin Williams, had uh, Walter <laughs> Survivors. Matthau. Survivors, that was it. it had Walter Matthau, Jerry that's, Reed yeah. was a hitman. Yes. Yeah. So good. Such a good so movie. So good. Love it. And, and so that's good. the first time I've ever had. But but what got you interested in, do I call it surviving? Do I call it prepping? What do I call it? It depends on who you ask. Uh, some people are very offended by the term survivalist. Okay. Some people embrace it. Uh, some people embrace prepper. Uh, some people prefer homesteader. It just depends really on their angle. And, and, and like any large group, you know, there's fractures and niches and cliques and the whole thing. So, right. But um, I, I got into this because I grew up in Florida. Uh, and hurricanes are a thing. They happen a lot. I right. remember going through them as a child and what that was like. And when I got old enough that I, that I had a family and stuff, I was like, I'm not going to be I sitting in my car in the line of 500 other cars waiting for the National Guard to ha- hand me a gallon jug of water and a bag of ice. 
I'm not going to be that guy. And, right. and that's what started it. And so it just evolved over time, you know, as, as you recognize new threats and things like that, you adapt, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome, ain't dead, can't quit. That's just the way it goes. So if there's a, if there's a threat there or there's a potential threat there, I'm going to analyze it, um, consider it in its in totality and figure right. out what do I need to do to address it. So, okay. So, and 30 years, you've been, you've been doing this stuff for 30 years. Yeah. So absolutely an expert yeah. in, in, in surviving. Prepping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now let's uh, be honest. Perpetual student, you know, okay. like, like my good friend, Alan Kay, my, Alan, my, my good friend, Alan Kay says, who is a, a premier survivalist of the first order. Um, uh, he says, uh, if we break down the word expert, if we take it to its roots, X, mm-hmm. previous or former, spurt, short burst of energy with no stay in power. And I'm neither one of those things. So. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, dude. I got you. So 12 books, the, the Survivalist yeah. series. You were also on History Networks alone. Right. First season. Yeah. With Alan K, who won season one. Yeah. OK. So yeah. and, and we, were the first, we were the beta class. We were the beta guys. We went out there and proved the concept and found all the flaws in their plans. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and they kept going. It's awesome. It's, it's a great show. It, um, it, it is. It, it's an outstanding show. And uh, um, how was the show? I mean, is it is it completely unscripted? Is it kind of sort of scripted? Oh, I mean, what goes on there? No. Well, all right. I, I can't speak to it now because okay. uh, production staff has changed everything. But the original First season. No, there was no scripting. So they just um, throw your they, ass out there and you, you go or not, yeah. sink or swim. For, for me, they landed a bush plane uh, up there uh, in a sound. The plane got within about 25 feet of the beach. <laughs> and the pilot looked over his shoulder and told me to go. And I told him, no. I'm like, get on the ground, get to the beach. And the producer started yelling at me to get out of the plane. I had a pack on my back because we had to carry some safety gear and, uh-huh. and some you know production equipment. So I had a rucksack that weighed about 85 pounds on my back plus another bag in my hand when I stepped off the pontoon of this float plane into the sound in Vancouver in November and I sank up to my chest and tried to walk swim got to the beach yeah and the night before the reason we we were being put out that day is that the day before there had been a really bad storm come through and they couldn't put us out and my beach was it had about nine feet of dead leaves mounted on it so even once i got to the beach i couldn't even walk i had to swim crawl and drag all this crap through all these dead leaves and stuff just to get to the so by the time i got to the beach i was completely utterly soaking wet and everything oh, i owned wow, was soaking dude. wet and uh and that, so that's how i started alone <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no script i, no, I gotta no tell scripts. you I, I, i'm not built that way I think right there, I'd be like, hey, 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 let, let's 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 hit a fast food joint real quick at that yeah. point. <laughs> well, so. I'll say for the guys on the first season to us, it was an ultimate adventure. It was like a once in a lifetime thing to actually go say because, you know, we a lot of us practice these skills, live kind of the lifestyle. But to go do it for real, real is is an uncommon thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why we went. And like when we got started, we didn't find out that there was even a prize until just a couple of days before they dropped us into the bush. We had right. no idea. We were all just doing it to do it. Right. Uh, did you, so, did, you yeah. did you anticipate that it was going to be that rough or not? Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah, I anticipated it to be rougher. I did not anticipate the pack of Timberwolves. Didn't anticipate <laughs> them. Uh, I mean, I knew they were a potential possibility. I, I really didn't think of them as a 
my primary threat. I was more worried about bears, but my primary concern was cougars because uh, Vancouver Island is the cougar attack, attack capital of the world. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Oh, oh, yeah. It happens a lot. Like right before we were going in, we met Canadian Game and Fish. And like, yeah, like last week, we had a kayaker who pulled his kayak ashore had to go take care of some business in the bushes and was attacked by a cougar. Oh, geez, um, man. While doing that, like on, in the same area we were right. in. And so that it was, that was the number one and primary concern. Okay. Um, I have a lot of bear encounters in the woods. I, I, I know how to deal with a bear, but a cougar, right. uh, you're generally not going to know he's there until he's on your back. Cause that's where he's right. going to get you from. And I so. got to be, I mean, wolves are extremely intelligent. So if you're dealing with a pack of those, a little different. Yeah. yeah. And too, when they're within 30 feet of you and just circling yeah. and not wanting to leave. And, and and I'm very well known for having canine issues as it is. I've been attacked by police working dogs and military working dogs okay. uh, just out of the blue, like being around them. And just all of a sudden, here we go. We're doing this now. And, uh, and it usually ends with me bleeding and people laughing and, and they all think it's funny. Yeah, that's, that shit's uh, not funny. So. Uh, to, not to me and not a whole right. lot, but uh, right. people, everybody else gets a good time out of it. So. All right. Well, look, yeah. look you, you wrote the uh, the survivalist books, and if you can go over just, just I don't want to spoil anything, but if you can go over some of the yeah. story arc, I'd appreciate that, so we sure. can dive into some of these yeah. uh, some of these concepts. So the the principle of of it is, I wrote this to make it as bad as it could possibly be, and 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 for those that, that know this this genre, when my book came out, about the only thing there's only like two other works out there that were even close to this. Right. Um, and so I based it off an EMP to make the world as bad as I could make it, to make life as hard as I could. Cause we live in a very technologically advanced society. Convenience is everything to, right. to modern humans. It's all about convenience. So EMP, comfort. electronic magnetic pulse, fries yep. anything that's so, got a circuit board or that's not in a Faraday cage. Well, yeah, there's a lot of myth and a lot of science, but we, we won't really get into that. But so okay. just imagine though, being knocked back into the 1800s like that, you know, right. um, and what you're going to do. And in the books, the main character is 250 miles from home. Uh, and but he's he's a prepper. He's got his go bag with him and, and uh, he figures out real quick what's happening. You know, when you watch an airliner fly over you and crash into the woods, you know, you're like, oh, oh this is something major, major. Uh, so he he gets his backpack out and starts walking home. You know, that's what he's got to do. He's got to get home. Miles. He's got a wife. 250 miles. And he's an average guy. He's not in super great shape. Uh, he's also a prepper. But, you know, like a lot of preppers, he's carrying a backpack with way more crap in it than he needs to be carrying. It weighed right. about 65 pounds. Um, and that's a massive weight to tote uh, right. if you're not used to it. So he eventually makes it home. He, he meets people on the way. He makes some friends. Uh, he makes... Uh, he tries to help some people. He tries to stay out of a bunch of stuff. But the principal way to look at it is considered without rule of law. That's one of the things people say, uh, without rule of law, because that's it. Because when the system collapses and that thin veil of civility falls away, now it's just mano a mano. Now right. we're down to there's no consequences anymore. Contrasted against our current justice system, things that have happened, people that aren't being jailed well, I mean, and people who are being jailed. And Well, and I mean, let's look at it. So, I mean, we've we've seen that that collapse of society with Katrina. We've seen it across oh, yeah. the United States with the riots, the looting. I yeah. mean, we, we've actually seen that collapse taking place and not just in yeah, the United yeah. States, but across the planet as well. Yeah, I get I get asked often. Yeah, the, the globally. Yes. So it's it's actually a very organized campaign that's in their place. But um, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, you are your own first responder. When the bad thing happens, you're going to be there because it's right. happening to you. 
and no, and the odds of there being a policeman, fireman, paramedic standing beside you when it occurs are pretty slim. Um, so it behooves you to learn some skills and to be prepared to take care of yourself and your family. You know, um, right, right. The series that you've written, how close is that to reality? If an EMP were to happen or, or what have you, whatever disaster that may be. The overall story, fairly close. I don't think, I think I went a little light uh, actually on how bad it'll be. Um, I, I have a much more what I consider realistic, closer to realistic version uh, of parts of it that are, that are just so dark. I didn't think I could put them in print because right. uh, man is, is capable of, of terrible, horrible cruelty, especially to one another. Right. And, and I really don't get that deep into what I well how I know people act, um, how I how I know people act. Like I've got uh, my podcast tonight. My my Israeli buddy that just got back um, from over there is is going to be giving us some firsthand accounts and just what I've already heard is stuff I would have never I would have never even thought of, of attempting to do to somebody. Right. Like, that would have never entered my head of how terrible it is. And so I, I think a lot of people are unprepared for the levels of violence that they're going to see. Um, most modern people are, are conditioned to call someone, something bad's happening, call 911 and wait. Um, nah, don't wait. Um, engage your feet, get moving. Uh, call 911 while you're running like hell. Uh, or if you're smart enough, uh, you know, turn around, defend yourself, do what you got to do. But right. uh, I just, I don't, I, that's the thing that I'm really, I feel the worst about for people. I don't, because people who are not used to violence are not going to be prepared to deal with it when it confronts them to their face. No, um, I, I, I get yeah. it. I get it. And um, so, yeah, you know, you, you talk about it and I, I've got some questions I want to ask. But, you know, you that that darkness of of human beings, you know, I look back at history and I as you were talking, I was I was thinking about Stalingrad, the siege of Stalingrad. Oh, yeah. where, where you had two million people that were held under siege in that city. And they, they had no food, no electricity, nothing going on in that city at all. And it got to the point that they were eating their pets. They ate their pets. And then it finally got to the point where they engaged in cannibalism because that was the only uh -huh. way they had yep. to survive. And, yeah, you know, they were eating sawdust bread. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know? yeah. And, you know, I look today at the way – our society works and we've got a two day supply chain. You know, you, you've got a grocery store that restocks basically every two days. Yeah. And yeah. what happens if that supply chain is disrupted? And we saw that to a degree when COVID was around. We saw those, mm -hmm. those supply chains being disrupted and people were not <laughs> people did not handle lack of toilet paper very well. Yeah. Uh, of all the things to be worried about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They didn't take take very kindly to it. It's again, it's conditioning. Right. Um, um, you know, we're we're too comfortable, um, and we're just and in general, we're just too soft. You know, one of the things when people ask me what they could be doing to get ready, I'm like, learn to be uncomfortable. Well, that was the question: is, is what skills be do uncomfortable we need? and accept it? Right. What yeah. what skills do we need when? Pardon my pardon my French, but what skills do we need when the shit hits the fan? Oh, lots of it. You know. Um, Sadly, now it all comes down to the basic things. We, we, you know, we have to maintain life, and so what does a human need to exist? He needs water, shelter, fire, energy, if you want to call it that, food, and security. Those, those are the five things that you have to have okay. um, in order to stay alive. So you have to have means to produce those things. So consider the average American um, cul-de-sac community. 
Okay. Right. Um, is there a water source on that property? There might be a retention pond, maybe. Um, so if not, where's, where are you going to get water from? When the taps run dry, what are you going to do? If you do not live near water, like a, a, an open surface water source, you're going to have to go to the water. Right. However far that is and by whatever means you can get there. And now, does that mean is it too far that I can't carry back back water back and forth to where I live every day? So now I have to figure out a different way to live. And that's just the first issue because water is number one. Right. Without water, nothing else matters. Um, whenever we do an assessment for a homestead or we do things like that, the first question is, where's the water? As soon as we show, we're like, where's, where's the water? Where's it at? And uh, that's the first thing you have to have. Um, a lot of people concentrate on storing food, uh, which is obviously great. Um, but is it more important to store, store food or to grow your own food? Well, that's where I'm going. So let's just say you store a year's worth of food. And, and when people say that, I'm like, that's awesome. I said, what are you going to eat on day 366? <laughs> and they just kind of look at me and I'm like, look, it, you've got to be able to produce your own food. Um, and I know that's hard. Uh, most people cannot do that. I get it. But if you want long term survival, um, you've got to be able to produce your own food. Right. Um, there's, there's just no way around that, because like you said, when that two day supply chain collapses and it doesn't even have to fully collapse, uh, you could look at what's happening in South Africa today right now um, with with any truck that just about to drive, tries to drive down the road, gets stopped and looted out. Doesn't right. matter what's on board. It gets looted out. We saw a little bit of that during the, the summer of peace and love, you know, um, just a little while ago. But imagine it happening on a broader scale. Uh, it's, I just don't think people are mentally even going to be quite prepared for, for what they're going to see. Uh, you know, the summer peace and love was pretty rough, uh, and we, we saw a lot of bad things. But we did. Um, imagine that on a, on a national scale. Well, and see, I, I have it's been everywhere. And the thing is, Chris, I have been thinking about that, and and yeah. I've talked that over with my family, and I I say it in jest, but I've got to tell you, sometimes there's a lot of truth in jest. And my uh, my wife and my sons, they they were asking, us, you know, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, we are well armed. If my neighbors aren't as well armed and they've got something, I am not beyond going to get it, if it well, means th- my surviving and not. Yeah. Well. So what people always like to say, especially in the proper community, say, oh, I would, they'll give the list of nevers. I would never do, and they'll just, I'll never do this, you know. And I'm like, never say never. Right. I say, because you've never really been hungry before. All right. You've never watched your children really be hungry, watching your children starve to death. I'm like, you'll go beat your neighbor to death with a brick if he's got a can of corn and your kids are starving to death. Don't say never. If it means my surviving over yours, yeah, yeah. Because because that, that moral high ground and everybody thinks they have and they've got these high moral standards and I'd never. Um, that's all great when when the AC's on and you can turn a tap and get water and you can jump in your car, go wherever you want. All that goes out the window when your world is reduced to the distance you can walk in a day safely, securely. Uh, and that what you own, you only own it because you have the means and the ability to defend it. Right. You know, it's a different standard. So. To give an example, we, we hear all the time, like right now from the left, they like to talk about uh, stolen land and occupied land. Okay? <laughs> Occupy, all land is occupied. Right. Just a fact. It's occupied by somebody or something. Stolen, though. All right. Let's, let's just get back to very basic terms of nature because 
humans, I think, forget that we're nothing more than another mammal on the face of this planet. We're just another animal crawling around on this rock. We just happen to have a little, not even a bigger brain necessarily. We use a little bit more of our brain and we have thumbs. So that gives us an advantage. But we're still animals on the face of this earth. So let's look at a pride of lions in Africa. They have a territory they hunt. That's their territory until a bigger pride or a more powerful pride comes along and pushes them off. Well, is the new pride of lions occupiers? Are they wrong? Did they steal the land? Nobody would say that. Nobody right. would go come in and say, we need to kill all these lions because they took those lions' property. And, and as humans, we think that we're above that, but we're not above that. We, we think we can violate all of nature's laws, like carrying capacity and things like that. So it's only yours if you can defend it. So you've got to be able to defend whatever it is you want to claim. Right. And defense is tough. Um, defense is very tough. So no man, woman, family is an island. You cannot do it alone. You need community. You will need tribe. You will need people that you trust with your life, that you know that when you lay down and close your eyes, they're going to stand there and watch your back and watch over your family because you're doing it for them. Right. And you've got to know these people. I don't mean people you met on Facebook uh, three weeks ago. You have to know these people. Um, you got to know how they're going to react when the chips are down and things are hard and tough. Uh, you know, when the mosquitoes are just eating everybody alive, is, is Bill going to lose his mind because he can't take it? Or, or will, will Charlie freak out because it's 30 degrees outside and raining on him and he just doesn't know how to deal with it? You know, um, you've got to really, really know these people um, and be prepared to to defend what you want to claim is yours. Well, let me that's ask all you it is, is a claim. No, I, I get so. it. And, l and let me ask you. So because here's what here's my belief. I believe that shit hits the fan. Society absolutely collapses at that point in time. It's every man for themselves. It's a it's a society of predator versus prey. And you're not always predator and you're not always prey. It just depends on what that yep. relationship is between those people at that point in time. But as you point out, at some point, in order to be more secure, you have to form a community, a tribe. But at what yep. point does that happen? Going back to, again, where I don't think most people are going to be prepared to see what's coming. They don't see it happening right now. I get asked all the time, like, when do you think it's going to hit the fan? When do you think? I'm like, look around you. It's happening. You're living. It's happening right now. It's, this isn't a, oh, I'm going to wake up in the morning and the world's ended. The world is ending as you watch it. It's, it's a very slow motion crash, but it's occurring. And you're looking around waiting to see some trigger event, but trigger events are passing you every day because you're not recognizing them. Right. Um, so it is occurring. Like you're living through it right now. One of these days we'll be able to look back at and go, that was the final straw. That thing, you know, all that other stuff piled up and it was that one last little thing. And it probably it potentially might not be a major thing. Potentially it could be a severely major thing. Just depends on which way it goes because there's, there's so many potential threats. Uh, from our sun, from our solar system, just off the, out of the gate, and then from people. And and people are creative and, and can do horrible things. From EMPs to cyber attacks um, to biological attacks to uh, you name it. You right. don't know. There's, there's just so many attack vectors that we're vulnerable to. You at least need to be aware and paying attention um, and and be making some, some steps to to take care of yourself and provide for yourself and your family. Okay, so um, I've got because it's it's not going to be pretty or easy. No, I agree. I agree. So so fundamental priority number one source of water. Then we source need food. 
which uh, mm-hmm. I'm imagining is uh, it's not only knowing how to grow because you need something on three days, 366, but it's also yep. a store of food, um, yep. fortifying your position, which means yep. community as well Having as a shelter, though. Have shelter. Your, so you're going to have to have your shelter, okay. uh, you know, and then, yes, your security and energy. Now, we say what fire about and we mix that. So power. So. When there is no power, a little power goes a very, very long way. If, you know, the, the old adage of the one-eyed man is king in, in the world of the blind. Well, the only guy with the flashlight in the neighborhood kind of owns the night. Security is difficult. Most people don't want to take responsibility to, for it. And even most of those that say they're taking responsibility for it aren't doing it properly by getting professional training um, under very austere, adverse conditions with um, non-compliant, opponents like you, you, you get you, this is this is one of those lessons that you learn through sweat and blood and tears you know right. and and people don't want to do that they won't make those kind of investments they'll spend the dollars because that's easy and then they can show their friends all their cool guy stuff but to actually go out and be rolling around in the dirt or in the muck or getting punched in the face or, or getting shot with you know training rounds in a shoot house um they don't want to do those things right uh, but but that's how you learn lessons that's how you learn valuable lessons the idea, the concept of training, I, I agree with that. And that brings up the question that I have of what role is the government and military at that point in time? Are they friend or foe or is it both? There are too many variables to that to predict because it'll depend on the triggering event for the for the mass calamity okay um if it's if it's our government initiated it's going to be a coin toss on what our military does and it will split it will absolutely split which is why they've been working so hard for so many years to purge as many right-leaning uh americans out of the military as they can and durbin yesterday was want to you know float a bill to allow illegal immigrants to join our military by the thousands um because we no longer are meeting um, recruitment goals and retention goals aren't being met right now either as in keeping guys that are there. So our military, we're watching it wither and it's kind of by design because they want those true red blooded meat eating Americans out of there because they need people that will do what they're told. Um, our military is run, operates and functions on non-commissioned officers. Um, they're tough guys to replace, tough guys to They'll think for themselves. Flag officers are yes men. You know, seventy uh, percent of officers in in the various military academies right now are writing their final uh, papers on the number one threat to the United States of America is right wing extremism. Right. You know, they're 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 now doing uh, body inspections on soldiers looking for right wing related tattoos. They call them all hate tattoos, but it could be anything. I mean, this patch is considered a hate tattoo, but it's considered hate. But this is actually produced by our Department of Defense. Okay. This one, too, is considered considered hate. Um, but neither one of them are. Uh, right. This one comes right out of our Department of Defense. Um, and it's considered hate now. Some animals are more equal than others. We said it earlier. And, and that's just where we are. You, you've got to understand where you are in the pecking order um, and prepare yourself accordingly. You know, the big dog eats first. Are you the big dog or are you the, the littlest dog here? You know, um, I may not be the biggest dog, but I'm going to be the meanest one and I'm going to do what I have to do to survive. No, I, I got it. And, and I got to tell you, it, it concerns me because I, I understand the, 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 the necessity of training. And I absolutely yeah. understand that not only are, are most Americans completely untrained, but most mm-hmm. Americans are completely unwilling 
to do what needs to be done when, and I keep yeah. saying this phrase, when the shit hits the fan. Uh, but yeah. we've got a military that is trained. And mm -hmm. when things splinter apart like that, that training would come in extremely handy, either as a friend or a foe. And I, I think you're absolutely right that, that it will go both ways, depending on yeah. what's going on. I, I, absolutely. Well, and to, and to all those people out there that like to say that they think that, that our military will do exactly what they're told, which is part of the reason I think Durbin's trying to bring all these illegal uh, aliens into to the military. You know, you can't fight, uh, you know, Joe Biden said, you can't fight F-16s and tanks with AR-15s. Right. Well, if that's the case, then why are you guys worried about them, number one? Number two, uh, remember Afghanistan? Uh, remember Vietnam? Uh, I mean, there's a list we can go down where we were beat by primitive people. Right. You know, we left billions of dollars of weapons to our adversary who forced us out of their country in Afghanistan. What do you focus on? Because you've been doing this for 30 years. So so yeah. looking at a potential collapse in society, what are you focusing on right now? Presently, uh, probably economy and then just civil conflict. Um, if I'm just looking domestically now, if we start looking internationally, I've got serious concerns on cyber attacks and some other stuff. But just domestically, our, our fiscal situation is horrendous. The only reason it's still operating is that it's the United States of America and we are the prettiest turd in the pile. That's that's it. You know, everybody else is in worse trouble than we are. Uh, and we can get down into the demographic issues that everybody else is having from from China to, to Germany to everybody else. Um, we're just the prettiest turd in the pile. And we're younger than a lot of these nations. OK, right. so we can look at the UK and we look at the things that are occurring to them. Well, they're a couple hundred years ahead of us. So and, and what's going down and things are speeding up. I like to refer to it as the quickening. So the 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 lunacy that we see over there people being arrested for making a social media post and, and things like that and being put in jail for it you, know, you can't own a pocket knife in, in britain they're trying to outlaw kitchen knives uh this crazy stuff that's it's foreshadowing for us that's where they want us to go the the problem that that the they have and i don't care who you think the they is the, the, the them is that there's too damn many guns in this country. And, right. and don't think I'm, a, I'm a on here as a, as a 2A chest-thumping guy. To me, a gun is just a tool. I, that's all it is. It's a tool. It will feed me. It will defend me. That's all it is. It's a tool. Um, but there's just too damn many of them. Right. And, and, you know, uh, Yamamoto during World War II, General, Japanese General Yamamoto said that, that it would be the worst idea in the world to try to invade the United States of America because there would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Well... Fast forward a few decades, and there are hundreds of millions more of them in right. civilian hands in this country. It, it, it won't be pretty. It'll be a shooting gallery for a while. It's going to be pretty ugly. And uh, but well, you know, you mentioned that, and you know, I, I'm a felon, a former felon, and um, yeah. I am not allowed to own a firearm. However, my wife oh, is options. building up quite an arsenal, so she so can protect me if I need her to. What state are you in? In Alabama. Alabama? I bet yeah. you look it up. I'll guarantee you black powder firearms or black powder weapons are not considered firearms. That's that's exactly right. I am allowed that. And I, I was looking the yeah. other day at a at a 12 gauge. It's it's like a, a small, it's almost a sawed off 12 gauge black yeah. powder. That That's very pretty yeah. and not horribly yeah. expensive. So, yeah, uh, a Colt Navy revolver in 45 with uh, a few cylinders you can change out real quick, like old Josie Wales. 
do a lot of work, not to mention. I do like Josie Wells. I'm not going to lie. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, overcome. There's always a solution. That's it. So, so let me ask you. So, so I understand what you're worried about. When, you, when you're preparing for this, what do you do? Do you, do you just go with the priority that you talked about? Do you, do, you walk through, you, you worry about water first, then food source, growing food. So it's, it's, it's right, right down the line. That's how you're living your life right now as well. Since I started writing these books and, 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 and my people know who I am now, and um, I'm more into networking at the moment. Um, okay. I'm, I'm trying to build networks of people and create communities because communities are what we need and encouraging people to learn to garden like these folks that go out and buy the the garden seed vault you know from amazon or any of these suppliers and they throw it in the back of the closet and they think well when the, when the shit hits the fan uh we'll plant a garden uh, no yeah yeah you will yeah, you may um and and you're going to be sadly sadly hungry at the end of the growing season when another stuff comes up because right. the seeds probably weren't for your region you've never gardened before you don't know how to handle the pests you don't know what to do so, so learn. If we could get people to do anything right now, it's learn. And training goes into that. But learn. Start trying things. If you live in an apartment, get five-gallon buckets, fill them with pot and soil, and grow something on your patio. You yeah. know, uh, grow something. But, but learn things. Learn how to dispose of your own waste. And I mean human waste. I don't mean your garbage. Learn how to dispose of that. Most people have no idea what to do with it. Um, if you live, like in, I said, in one of these cul-de-sac communities um, and the the end of the world comes and you're like, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to, I'm you know, I've, I've fortified the inside of my house with bulletproof steel plate. Nobody can get in. That's fantastic. But at the end of your neighborhood, somewhere down the street, not far from you, is a big old machine called a muffin monster. And the muffin monster takes all of the sanitary waste from all the houses and grinds it to be pumped on to a water treatment station. Well, when the old muffin monster goes to sleep, all that waste backs up into everybody's home. So it will fill your bathtub, come up to your toilet, flood your house, and you simply will not be able to live there. Most people don't even consider this as the possibility. You better have a backup plan. You better have somewhere to go. I don't care if it's tense, but have an option. Be ready to get out of there. Population density is not your friend. Right. Okay. Um, we are violating the laws of carrying capacity, the laws of nature of carrying capacity. You know, every square mile of, of any piece of dirt in this country is only capable of sort of supporting X numbers of any given organism. And as humans, we think we're smarter than that and we can violate those laws. And that's great as long as our very complicated, very technical systems all function flawlessly. That works. But, you know, it's it's living in a glass house, you know, uh, built on jello. You know, it's it's not going to last. It's going something's going to happen. No, you're right. You're right. And and it's that article that I read the other day, uh, two days ago where more Americans are, are worried about that something happening. And I, and I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm one of those Americans. I am. I am. Yeah, I, I don't think it's too. paranoia. I don't think it's uh, no. it, it's it's un, unsupported fear. I mean, I really do think that it, that something is going to break off. I truly do. And um, I don't Absolutely. know what it is. Well, like I said, the, 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 the threat vectors are numerous, but let's just – Look domestically again, our fiscal situation. Right. You know, it's it's absurd. Um, and again, it's only because, like I said, we're the 
British turd the pile, and that's why our dollar is, is still hanging on there, and everybody else is such bad shape. Well, let's move on. Let's look at just civil society and how that looks right now. Um, it's not looking good. They're driving wedges in anywhere they can. Um, then we can add in the illegal immigration. You know, there was the, down on the border the other day, there was a video that came out that I watched. Some guys uh, showed up down at the border. As soon as they got out of their truck, uh, Border Patrol ran up to them. Uh, there was a yellow tape pulled across. He could see the fence to see all the hundreds of people come through it. And the Border Patrol told them they could not go past the, that line of that yellow tape because if they did, they'd be arrested. Right. And they're like, are you guys shitting us? They're crossing the line. You're not arresting them. You're giving them cash, cell phones, and bus tickets. But if I step over this piece of yellow tape, you're going to arrest me. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It really is. The The America of today is not the America of, of just even just 60 years ago. Right. Um, I believe America is it's no longer the shining city on the hill. Um, it's it's turned into something else. It's turned into really an ugly monster that it was never intended to be. And and as long as people can get their frap of what the hell ever from from Starbucks um, and Netflix works and they can go to the beach for vacation every year or Disney World, they're they're fat, happy and dumb. This is bread and circuses is, is where we're at. Do you think, Chris, um, and, that and, um, do you think there's any hope that that we could reverse it, that nothing like that would happen or not? Not without civil conflict at this point. No, um, we are a banana republic. Our election, our electoral system is now fraudulent. It's established. Everybody knows it. We know it. They know we know it. Nobody cares. Nobody's doing anything about it. Right. Um, our justice system is now fraudulent. It's it's no longer valid. We are a straight up banana republic at this point. No, I, so, I, I can't disagree with you. I really can't. And, and when you look at that around the globe and how that's worked out in other places that we're not nearly as heavily armed as we are here. You've got to remember, and 99 percent of the other places in the world where revolution, civil wars, call them what you want to call them, began, they did not have the kind of weaponry that exists in this country. And a lot of people are going, that's why we don't need them. No, no, no. That's why we do need them, because we have not seen that in this country for over 200, well, not 200 years, but we're, you know, we're coming up since right. the Civil War, but that was the last time. Unless you want to go back to right after World War II, uh, what happened right there, but but even that wasn't soldiers shooting at nobody here in the, in the country right. um, or each other. So I, I think civil conflict is going to be one of the biggest ones. And two, the importation of, of the immigrants is part of this plan. Um, and that's and the reason they want them in the military is those guys wouldn't hesitate to fire on American citizens. They're not going to care. But, you know, the guys that that were born here, that their parents are born here, that this is their country, they're going to hesitate and not follow those orders. But by mass importing millions of people who do not care about us at all, in the least, they care about what we got. They want what we got. And getting rid of some of us lets them get more stuff. That's a high, high, high concern for me military-wise. Right. Uh, that's a big worry if they actually start doing that. No, I, I appreciate it, Chris. And, and Chris, I want you to know I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us about what needs to be done from the preparation side. On, on that end, if, if folks out there will take one, one piece of advice, is learn, okay? Buying kit and buying gear, that's great. You feel good. You can show your buddies. You look cool. That's all fantastic. Read, okay? Watch right. some YouTube videos too. But 
learn some skills. I don't care if it's not tying, learn how to make a water filter, learn how to dispose of your own waste, learn how to build a shelter, learn, you know, learn how to build a fire, learn to do these things because knowledge is power and you don't you lose knowledge unless you don't use it. It'll atrophy just like a muscle. So learn some skills and practice those skills so that you won't be, you know, <laughs> I don't want you to say what I want to say here, but you won't be effed when the day comes, you right, know, so right. uh, learn some skills, learn, 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 learn. Read. I mean, you Chris, have time. That, uh, that is the best advice I, I believe you could possibly give. Learn. And, and if yeah. they wanted to learn and find where you are, how would they contact you? Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm, I'm everywhere. Um, and here's the problem, though, too, even with knowledge, training. Nobody wants to pay for it. Uh, right. I've got dozens of buddies who are instructors. We can't fill classes because nobody wants to spend the money. They don't want to spend the money on the knowledge. They'll go spend, you know, $3,000 on a new rifle. That's great. You should have spent $1,000 on a new rifle and $2,000 on training is what you should have right. done. Um, but but go get go learn. Go take a wild edibles course. Buy a wild edibles book. Buy lots of books. Store them up. Get the Foxfire series. Get Peterson Field Guides. Get these things and put them on the bookshelf. It's stored knowledge that when the, when the digital world goes away, that analog world will still exist. You know, you just have to sit down in front of the analog computer, the library, to get that knowledge again. Absolutely. So just so, learn. I just I can't, we can't get it. We can't stress it enough to people right now. No, I, I so. agree. I agree completely. If they wanted to, uh, so your books are available on Amazon, the Survivalist series. Yeah. Sure okay. Are. And yeah. you've got a podcast as well. Yes. Yes, we do. Sure do. It's uh, it's Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. It goes out on YouTube, Angry American Channel. Uh, and then you can download the audio version of it from pretty much every platform. Uh, tonight's, tonight, one of my panel, uh, there's there's four of us that do it. My buddy, Amory Morgenstern, he is Israeli SF. Uh, he just returned from Israel. And tonight we're going to be discussing the reality of of. of the ground, what's happening on the ground in Israel and not what the media is telling us. That sounds like an, a show that I do not want to miss. Truly. Um, Chris Weatherman, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Brett Johnson show and talking to us about this. Brett, thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, anytime in the future, because I would love to even come in and talk crypto and stuff with you, too, because Dude. I'm a fan of that and I believe in that as well. So let's make it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Chris, and thank you so reasons. much. No problem, Brett. See you guys later. Yes, sir, brother. Again, thanks to Chris Weatherman for joining and coming on the Brett Johnson Show. Don't forget about our other channel, Criminal Thoughts. On this channel, I focus on the minds of criminals. So please tune into that as well. And please follow me at the Brett Johnson Show. We're going to close things out. How do we do it? Same way every single time. Stay safe. Stay secure. Stay vigilant. More importantly, this is the Brett Johnson Show. At the end of the day, just do the right damn thing. I'm Brett Johnson. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.